Welcome into Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. If you read his picks on WSN.com, you can see that he went 12 and 3 against the spread this week. He puts that article out every week, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man of the people in the room. Welcome in to the greatest podcast you will ever listen to in your life. We're upgrading. Grant, are you riding today? Absolutely riding, Tanner. I was riding with the 12 and 3 picks over the weekend. Little bit unfortunate. I only went two and one on the show because I feel like I deserved a three, you know, with that type of work. But you know what? I went two and one. You went two and one. It was a profitable weekend for us. It was a profitable weekend for the show. That's all you can ask for. It was a profitable weekend, and I will say this. I went heavy on Mac Jones yesterday, and it was still a profitable weekend. That He needs to go. He needs to leave New England. Get him out. Get him out. He got worse at halftime. I thought he was going to get better after the half. He got worse. Then he got better. What was with him? He rolled to his right, looked back to his left, looked back to his right, looked back to his left, looked back to his right, then threw it. 50 yards across the field thinking that was a good idea because he got away with it earlier in the game. Yep. Picked off, touchdown. The strip sack. I mean, Mac, you don't think somebody's coming from behind? You run a 5-2 40-yard dash. How about the one where he was rolling right on third down and instead of throwing it away, he threw it right into whoever it was, chest that was standing right in front of was it. That, that was pretty good, quarter? too. Was that in the third quarter? Yeah. I turned it off. I didn't watch the second half. I, I I fully turned. I took the Patriots against the spread. That was one of my losses this weekend. I turned it off because the line was dropping in favor of the Patriots. And I said, I can't watch this thing. You know, I watched on Sunday afternoon. You know what I watched? What you want? Like the Masked Singer or something? No, Love Island. I watched Love <laughs> yeah. Island on it. That's how, that's how bad Mac Jones put me down yesterday. But I'm up. I'm still standing. I'm ready to go all over the Seattle Seahawks. They will talk about that game in a minute, Grant. But what were some other reactions that you had to the weekend well my biggest reaction is tanner i'm glad to see that you're moving on from mac jones you've defended him far too long i've tried to help you see the light i'm glad you're coming around i will you know what you got me on board with your guy baker we can we can have that that can be our olive branch as long as we agree to leave mac jones is the in the past baker mayfield can be the olive branch uh i'm gonna talk about my commanders you know obviously i got to try to keep my bias out of everything but i said this was a good spot for the commanders to get a cover in this one against the eagles um uh, well that's not true. I flip-flopped back and forth. I was kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. But watching that game, the Commanders, they put up a really good performance. I don't know if you got to see this. Sam Howell looks really good. Like Every time I watch him, the kid, you know, he did throw four interceptions the other week. But still, he's shown a lot of poise uh, for only being his fifth career start. That was a game that the Commanders probably should have beaten the Eagles in. Good old riverboat Ron decides not to go for two points at the end of regulation and just win the game right there, which I think was a mistake. But how leading a drive down the field, a minute 45 left to go, one touchdown on the road against the Eagles, gets a touchdown as time expires. It was a big performance from him. And, you know, honestly, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the league or anything like that. But I think the commies have a chance to fight for the wild card spot with this guy in there. I mean, maybe he's he's okay. Like he he was good yesterday. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He I don't know why. He's been good in three or four of his five starts. The fact that Ron Rivera didn't go for two is a shame. Yesterday, now great. I wanted the Eagles to win. I had the Eagles in a parlay, so I'm happy that the Eagles won. But like, I thought he was going for two right away. I was like, this this is this his, his excuse cut. or his reasoning after the game was they had just driven down the field and they were tired. 
you're not going to beat the Eagles in overtime. Like nine times out of 10, you go to overtime with the Eagles. You're not going to beat the Eagles in overtime. They are a better defense than you, and they're a better offense than you. So I don't know what the vibe is there. Yeah, we we, we don't respect to Ron Rivera, military man, guy who survived cancer. Wish him all the best, but his time ran out a long time ago in Washington. I'm surprised he's still here. Most of the fans feel the same way. And it's decisions like that. Like Riverboat Ron is only Riverboat Ron in name. He doesn't do anything risky. The team just, every time he has the decision to be great or he has the choice to be great, he doesn't do it. So disappointing there. I'm wondering if the commanders are thinking of moving Eric Bieniemy to head coach because, again, Ron Rivera not doing the best job. Bieniemy has kind of turned around the offense since he got there. And, you know, Josh Harris with, with them taking over. Anytime there's new ownership, they usually want to get their guys in place. So that would be something that I would be monitoring going into the offseason. Yeah, I mean, well, just because he was in the military and had cancer doesn't mean he can't make a shitty football decision. And that was, that, I mean, that was terrible. That was as bad as he gets, Ron Rivera. Go for two. Because you, it's not like you're competing for a division title and you have the team that can beat them in overtime. You can't do it. But anyways, I want to talk about Baker Mayfield. That dude, the chip on his shoulder is massive. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I believe he had the highest quarterback rating of the weekend. I'm not hundred percent on that, but I know he had a QBR of 93, 93, 25 of 32, 246, three touchdowns, one interception long of 42. The chip on his shoulder is massive. And now the Buccaneers are still the underdogs in the NFC South. They moved up to second, most likely unless the Falcons get them out of it. Like the fact that the Falcons were like plus 200 and the Buccaneers were plus like 370. That's the biggest disrespect to this team. They play really good on defense. They're a better offense in New Orleans, and now they have the upper hand. They've got to keep winning those division games. They're going to be fine. But the chip on his shoulder is massive. I said after the Eagles game, everyone's like, oh, the Buccaneers got blown up by the Eagles. But they should get blown up by the Eagles. They're not on the Eagles playing field. But they fought. They battled hard. And that was what they brought into New Orleans yesterday. It's a different mentality with this team. They're ready to go. They're winning the NFC South. No, it wouldn't surprise me. And going into this year, um, going into the year when we did our division previews and you said you were taking the Bucks in the South, I said, Tanner, that seems a little far-fetched. I got to admit, as through four weeks, it looks like I was wrong because the Bucks look like the best team in that division. Still think the Saints are probably going to be the betting favorites for a reason. They're probably going to hold off for a while, but Bucks look pretty good right now. They look like they can win that. And I got to give credit to you for that pick. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was a homer pick, but it's working out in my favor. Um, what else? Oh, we had, uh, we had, we had Russell Wilson be like, it's gonna be a great season. It's gonna be a great, great, great season. We still have a great season. A great season. Like he kept saying great season. Like, bro, you almost got beat by the, the bears trash. And you know, you know what? I do feel a little bit bad for Justin Fields because he played a pretty much a perfect three quarters of football, like four touchdowns was like 25 of 26 had a couple of scrambles, third down conversions. And then, they lose the game. I mean, he, he drops a fumble six in the fourth quarter, throws an interception when they're driving down for the potential game tying or game winning drive. You lose to the 0 3 Broncos at home. It's just, it's a nightmare season for the Bears. I don't feel bad for him because you know what? You start quarterback in the NFL, you got to make plays in the fourth quarter. I don't care what you did for the first three quarters. If you can't make plays in the fourth quarter, you're meaningless to me. So, Justin Fields, you're absolutely meaningless. Anyways, we move on. We talk about tonight's game. Thursday night football. No, Monday night football. Monday night football. Big game tonight between the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants. Grant, we'll talk about the spread. Neither of us have a play on the total, but we'll talk about the spread first. Grant, who are you going with? 
I'm going with the Seahawks. Going into the year, I said the Giants were due for regression. Uh, we had this conversation on one of our previous episodes. A record does not define how good a team is. Just because the Giants made the playoffs, and even though they won a playoff game, did not make them a good team. They are not a good football team. And you know what? They're going to be even worse than that tonight because Saquon Barkley is doubtful. Andrew Thomas is out. Those are probably the two most impactful players on the offense aside from Daniel Jones. Yes, Jones looked really good in that second half against the Cardinals, but I was backing him to prove himself against the 49ers. Maybe not with a win, but just a solid performance. Didn't see anything from him there. Now, I know the Seahawks don't have a great defense, but they do have an extremely explosive offense. And, you know, the Giants defense probably just as bad, if not worse, than the Seahawks. Their offense is nowhere near the level of the Seahawks. So, you know what? I'm going to be taking Seattle here. And I know that you have some interesting insights as to where sort of the Sharps are going with this and the fact that we might be disagreeing with some of them. Well, if you go on vison.com, you can see like some of their pro picks and, you know, me and Grant's picks are listed on here too. So, I mean, we're still with the Seahawks, but um, if you go on there, a lot of people are going with the Giants. There is more, there's on the Giants plus two, 24% of the bets and 31% of the money is on them at plus two tonight. So you are seeing like smaller bets, but more money, which can indicate some sharp money there. But again, it's like not a massive difference right now. It's only 6%. I do think the Seattle Seahawks are the better team. And I think this is like Thursday night's game between the, who do we have Thursday? Why do I Lions and the Packers. Lions and the Packers, where there are a lot of people on the Packers, but the Lions were like clearly the better pick. Like they were clear, they're clearly going into the game. They're the better team. They're playing better football. They're not at home, but they're the better team. So that's like kind of my mentality coming to this one. I'm seeing a lot. I'm seeing a good amount of people on the Giants at home. And I just don't, I don't, I personally don't get it. Yeah. The Giants have given up 33 points per game so far. I'm looking up some numbers right now. Um, that's I believe the third worst in the league. They have the worst average scoring differential. They're being outscored by more than 18 points per game. And then if you want to look at the offense and talk about, uh, how productive they've been in front of goal, uh, well, the Seattle is sixth in the league with 29 points per game. Giants are third worst with 14.3 points per game. So again, like what advantage am I supposed to find with the Giants here? The fact they're at home. Okay, sure. But do they have a great home field advantage? No, their best player, Saquon Barkley's out. Again, their top, their left tackle, their best offensive lineman, he's gone. It's an offensive line that's already trashed to begin with. The defense is terrible. Daniel Jones hasn't really played well this season at all, aside from those two quarters. Like, why would I be taking the Giants here? Just because there's some law of average which doesn't exist that they're going to bounce back at some point? No, the Giants are not a good football team, and the Seahawks should win this game. In terms of cold hard football facts, the Giants rank 31st in the NFL. So there's 32 teams to give you a little perspective there. They're not very good. Um, the Seahawks are 14th real quarterback rating wise, though. Geno Smith, that's the number one indicator, according to cold hard football facts, of a winning football team. Seahawks are sixth. The New York Giants are 27th in the NFL. There's just not a lot of upside to taking the Giants in the spot. Like this is a game, I think, where you go heavier on Seattle, honestly. I think the numbers point you in that direction. So I, I think the only reason that I could see people going with the New York football Giants tonight is like they're due for a bounce back. It's prime time. It's a home game. Seattle did have to travel across the country, but they've probably been there since Friday. Yeah, and you look look at what the Seahawks have done the last couple of weeks. In week two, they're on the road at the Lions. Then they go back home for the Panthers. They win and score 37 points in both of those games. Uh, Yes, the Seahawks disappointed in week one. You know, you can say maybe they weren't ready. Maybe the training camp didn't prepare them well enough. Whatever the case may be. 37 points in back-to-back weeks with wins. I just just don't understand why you would not be going with them here. And... 
to top it off, this is a game for Seattle where it's like a five o'clock game on the West Coast. Like yep. so it's not it's not like it's a one o'clock game on the East Coast where you're talking a ten o'clock star on the West Coast. It's a five this is a four o'clock start for them basically on the West Coast. Yeah. It's kind of like um like the Colorado USC game over the weekend, which was like ten o'clock for Colorado and nine AM for USC. It's not like that, to your point. Like this is completely normal for them, even if they had to fly across the country. Said enough times. We're both on the Seahawks here. Let's go ahead and jump on into some player props. And ironically, we both picked out the same guy. We're going to be going with different markets, though. I will start it off, and I'm going to say that the guy we're talking about is Kenneth Walker the third. I am taking him to score a touchdown in this game. The best odds, if you do your line shopping, you can find him for minus 103 at the time we're recording this at Caesars Sportsbook. You guys want to get yourself some uh, first bet bonuses. Go on over to WSN, the World Sports Network. Find yourself a Caesars promo code, and it will help you out with that. But if you go to Caesars, you bet Kenneth Walker anytime touchdown. Why would you do that? He scored two touchdowns in two straight games. Again, he was part of the disappointing effort in week one, but he's been really good the last couple of weeks. We've seen that whenever the team gets to the goal line, he's going to get a hefty workload. And this Giants team that's given up more than 30 points per game, I think they're going to give them opportunities. So why not go with the main man to reap the rewards? Kenneth Walker, anytime touchdown, that's my favorite player prop. So I like Kenneth Walker as well. I like him to score, um, but I also like his rushing over. It's at 64 and a half on FanDuel. I believe it was at 62 and a half on DraftKings. Um, but when I look at this line here, he's gone over in three of or two of three games so far. He's coming off an 18 carry, 97 yard performance. And the New York Giants have given up this to a starting running back in every single game. They also gave up another 45 to Elijah Mitchell, I believe, when they played the Niners last time out. So this is just not a good Giants rushing defense at all. Um, they rank 29th in defensive rusher rating from cold hard football facts. And also when you look at the Giants in general, um, they're not a good team. They're not going to be able to score. So I think Seattle is going to be playing with a lead in this game, which is also going to make them lean on the run. My one fear with Seattle, they do a lot of stupid things. Like Pete Carroll, I love Pete Carroll. He just like, like he'll totally abandon the run. He could be up by 20 points and abandon the run and just start throwing the ball at Geno Smith. Like we saw it. So I was playing Kenneth Walker in fantasy last weekend when he went off and he had 60 something receiving yards, he had two touchdowns, right? In the first half, he had like six fantasy points. He didn't do anything. And like, it was after a 30, he had like a 35 yard carry. And then Pete Carroll just didn't give him the ball the rest of the game, the rest of the first half. And then the second half, he absolutely goes off. And I'm like, I'm like, cause I wasn't watching the game and I'm like scrolling through Twitter. I, I, cause I'm seeing him not score points. And I'm like, this is weird. So I'm like, is he hurt? So I type his name into Twitter and all the comments are just like, bro, what's he doing? Like, why isn't he giving the ball? Did he get hurt? Like, do, like people are like, what's going on? Like Pete Carroll's just being an idiot. So we could see that tonight. So that should, that should be your one fear about playing that line. Well, to, uh, to get rid of some of those fears, first of all, with my bet, the Giants have given up the most rushing touchdowns in the league so far. They're the only team to give up two rushing touchdowns per game, and they also rank uh, sixth worst in rushing yards allowed at 138. That line, like you said, in the mid-60s. So, yes, there's going to be risks, but you know what? There's risks in everything. This is sports gambling. This is not sports assurity. There's going to be some risk involved, but you got to find yourself on the right side of those margins. And I think Kenneth Walker, clearly with the yards or the touchdown, it's a good day to be on his side yeah I think the Seahawks blow him out tonight I do I think they win by two touchdowns I'm sorry I think they do I don't know why I think they do they're a better team I wonder what the uh, I wonder what an alternate line for that would look like if you're gonna bet the Seahawks at like minus 13 and a half or something like that let me see I feel like it would be pretty pretty juicy but also like 
the, the Giants may hang around this one. Like, the, I feel like the minus one twenty money line is just an absolute gift. Like, they were dogs. If you got it early in the week, they were dogs. So, They're, yeah, they went from plus one and a half to minus one and a half, even minus two in some which, spots. Which is exactly, I believe, what happened with the Lions. Yes, it is. It's exactly what happened with the Lions. Like a lot of people, they like, and, and you know what? This whole sharp money shit, like get, get in a way like, yes, but like get it out of here too. Like the Patriots, the sharp side yesterday was the New England Patriots. The sharps have not been that good. Like the sharp, the quote unquote sharps, the sharp money has not been that accurate so far this season. No, the sharp money where the, like the Patriots went from plus six and a half down to plus five at one point yesterday. The, the, I will say the Sharps were right about the Jets game, but in the most tragic of ways because Mahomes yeah. could have walked into the end zone. And the and the Jets also came out, or the the Chiefs also came out with a uh, a seventeen point lead in the first before the Jets even scored. And then it was just Mahomes turned the ball over. If you didn't give him the ball inside the fifty a couple times, you cover with ease. Yeah. Did you know that was the first game in Mahomes's career, college or pro, or pro, where he's had fewer completions? Fewer passing yards, fewer touchdowns, and more interceptions than his opponent, and it was Zach Wilson. I did read that from you today. Pretty, pretty ridiculous, huh? Yeah, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. So an alternate line of thirteen and a half would be plus four seventy. An alternate line of six and a half plus two ten. I would be going more at the six, the six there. Um, but I mean, I'm probably just going to stick to Seahawks money line. But if you're somebody out there who's looking for a quick bang for your buck, I think that minus six and a half could pay out pretty well. Yeah, I do too. I think. I think Seattle wins tonight. I do. So, yep, 100%. This, again, it's just tough to make the case for the Giants. The only thing you can say is they're due for a win, and that's not great logic, to be honest. No, you got to bet the number. The number says go with the Seattle Seahawks tonight. That's what we're doing here. Ride the line, Grant. That was a great show today. Great job. Yep, absolutely. Pleasure to be back on this beautiful Monday. Yep. That was a Monday morning edition of Ride the Line. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We might talk a little playoff baseball this week. Maybe. Maybe. We'll talk about the, you know, maybe we'll leave the wild card out. Maybe we'll look to the NLDS, ALDS. We'll figure it out. But you won't know unless you subscribe. Absolutely not. So make sure you guys do hit that subscribe button. And also, like Tanner said, check out the website. All sorts of amazing content going on over there. Like I said, I did go 12 and through my picks over the weekend. So go on over, see what other juicy picks you are going to find for yourself. But that's going to do it for today's show. Like the video if you did enjoy. Comment, let us know what picks you are taking for Monday Night Football. Subscribe to the channel, and we will see you all on the next episode of Ride the Line.